is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Hey, it's the weekend. Mulberry Lane here. It's Allie with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo, and it's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. Well, we're so glad you're here. We're really excited about today's show. It's going to be a little bit different than a normal episode of the Mulberry Lane Show, and you're going to find out why in just a second. So sisters, let's get to those guests, or should I say just one guest? Wait for it. The Mulberry Lane Show's on Celebrity stories, songs You're gonna have it going on When we tell you who's stopping by now Instead of hearing from multiple artists today We've dedicated this whole show to this guy So bye-bye Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee But the levee was dry And them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye Singing this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I die That iconic song turns 45 this year And the iconic singer-songwriter behind the song Joins your weekend for Yes! All four segments today Of course you know American Pie But you also know Dawn by these songs Starry, starry night Paint your palette blue and gray Look out on a summer's day With eyes that know the darkness in my soul And this one And I love you so The people ask me how I've lived till now I tell them I don't know And can't forget this one And if she asks you why You can tell her that I told you That I'm tired of castles in the air I've got a dream I want the world to share in castle walls Just lead me to despair Yes, you're going to get up close and personal and in-depth with music icon Don McLean today. You're going to hear some golden nuggets of recording stories, including American Pie. He talks about all of the effort he put into working on his tone of both his guitar and his voice, and why he still gives his all for every performance. There's a lot of really good tips in here for musicians and songwriters, and a lot of really great stories for just music lovers in general. Yes. So we're really excited about sharing this with you today. So what Allie's trying to say is if you love listening to, writing, playing, singing, music of any kind, you don't want to miss this interview. Okay, so before you guys get up close and personal with Don McLean, Rachel, I hear you have a budding chef in your house. Well, I'm not sure if you would call it that. Maybe creative is more the word. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> well, my son Casey just turned nine. You know how when you're out of groceries and there's really nothing in the house to eat? That's a weekly occurrence for me. That was nearly a daily occurrence for me. So, you know, I had to run the other kids around to games and 
He called me up and said he was really, really hungry. I said, you know what? I'm going to get to the store and then I'll bring home some dinners. So about 20 minutes goes by and my cell rings and I answer it and it's Casey and he sounds really happy. And he's like, mom? And I'm like, what? He says, guess what I made? And I'm like, what did you make, Casey? And he said, an egg dog. An egg dog? Yes. What is an egg dog? So I said, Casey, what's an egg dog? And he said, well, I scrambled two eggs and I put it in a hot dog bun. Ah, that's like a good idea. Casey's egg dog. <laughs> Get ready. From egg dogs to American Pie. Stay tuned for music legend Don McLean. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. That's right. celebrities on your radio station back to the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane thanks for keeping it here on the mulberry lane show brought to you by braddock finnegan dermatology well his iconic song american pie was recently added by the library of congress to the recording registry of 2016 the song was also named one of the top five songs of the 20th century and was inducted into the grammy hall of fame guys we are starry starry eyed right now Don McLean is here. Welcome, welcome to the show, Don McLean. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, you're out of Omaha, is that correct? Yes, that is true. I'm quite a fan of Omaha, Nebraska. A little known place. There's a lot of big corporations and anything else there. Yes, it's a gem of a place for sure. Uh-huh. So now you've been touring out on the road. So what's it been like for you this time around? I've actually been on tour without, you know, any kind of break. Like, you know, a lot of people take several years and they don't yes. tour. I've, I've never, ever, ever done that. I've been working steadily since 1968. Okay, so this has just been continuation of one long, big tour. That's correct. Okay. Uh, one long tour that just goes on and on. Now, from your first public performance in front of your school classmates to now, you've really been able to captivate audiences with your lyrics, your voice, and your songs. That's not done the way you do it very often. So what is your secret? I practiced a lot when I was young, and I worked very hard at tone. Okay. The tone of my guitar, the tone of the banjo, the tone of my voice, the tone is very, very important. And then the blending of guitar and voice. And it took hours every day of vocalizing and practicing and you know, very, very much interested in, in the tone of the guitar. And So what did you, know, you look for? It's complicated, but you want to build your voice. Your voice is a muscle. You can add notes to the top of your register, you can add notes to the middle of your register to make them stronger and add lower notes okay. as well. It takes work to do that, but you have a muscle that if you don't overdo it, you have to rest your voice. So now were these things you were taught by a vocal coach or were these things that you just discovered on your own? Well, I would read a lot, you know, I would read stories about singers, I would read stories about Frank Sinatra, I like the way he sang, I like his dynamic, he says the same thing, you know, that you have to warm the voice up and you can't be yelling, and when I go on a tour, one of these tours of the UK or of Europe, I spend a lot of time asleep in the bus, Okay. just saving my voice, because I'm there to work, 
not precisely. Okay. So you keep it business and take care of your instrument, basically. It is a yes. And you know you have a lot of muscles that come from around your neck that control your voice box. And if you stretch those, you won't have any volume in your voice. I, I work with Judy Collins sometimes. And I think she's 76 now. And she sings beautifully every mm-hmm. night and she takes care of it, you know. Uh-huh. She doesn't smoke. I like to drink once in a while, so, you know. But <laughs> you got to do it every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you just joined us, you're listening to singer-songwriter Don McLean here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, I read you are a word lover. You love language. So how much do you labor over words when you're writing? You know, a lot of times, if you write a line in a song, and it's just kind of laying there to connect with another line, you're better off getting rid of it and figuring out what you want to say when you get rid of a, of a weak line in the song and okay. you figure out something that's really good, it'll change the whole perspective of the song because now all of a sudden you figured out what you really wanted to say but you couldn't quite do it so you're putting in these BS kind of lines in there to kind of make it to the next line right. and you weren't repaying what you had on your mind. Another thing I found is when you sing a new song on stage it changes the whole night. Suddenly you see the other songs differently. You know, it just changed the complexion of the whole show. I don't know why that is, but maybe it's just me. But that's and it keeps it fresh, probably. Yes, and it wakes you up. You start uh-huh. thinking about what you're saying. When you are on stage, when you're singing a song, I mean, I love Tom Jones. I think Tom Jones is a very nice person, <laughs> and he's a great singer. But I couldn't sing What's New Pussycat. Right. I couldn't do it. Uh-huh. You know, it's a hit song and a song that he has to sing every night. And it wouldn't mean anything to me. Uh-huh. You know? So it has and to move you. Know, one of the things that I set out to do in my own way, and I don't have a kind of vestibulous of creativity like, a, you know, Bob Dylan has or... Some people seem to have, Bruce Springsteen seems to come out with this stuff. I don't have that. I'm very thoughtful about what I do. and and Not that they're not thoughtful, but I think about the concept of the song. And I want to try to write new lyrics for the song that are different from other lyrics that I've written. So you're very intentional with your word choice. Yeah, you're totally intentional. I'm creating a whole new picture. Uh-huh. Do you write in pictures? I am a visual kind of writer, but what I tell people I try to do is if I have a feeling inside of me about something. You can write a song about a baby, but if you're W.C. Fields, you know, you don't like babies. So, <laughs> you know, that depends on the individual. So then you've got to figure out what's the feeling that you get from the baby. And once that in you, then you want to try to find a way of musically and with lyrics to uh-huh. capture that so that each time you hear the song, that feeling comes back to you. One of the master songwriters you're hearing from today, Don McLean, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. We'll be right back. Whole show featuring Don. So stay right there. When we come back, more about songwriting and music. Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. A long, long time ago I can still remember how that music used to make me smile And I knew if I had my chance 
That I could make those people dance And maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I'd deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried When I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside The day the music died So bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee But the levee was dry And then good old boys Were drinking whiskey and rye Singing this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I Up close and personal, back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Well, if you just joined us, whole show today featuring singer-songwriter Don McLean, who of course wrote the amazing songs American Pie and Starry Starry Night, among many others. He's stopping by your weekend to talk about all things music and songwriting. So let's get back with Don McLean. So do you typically write lyrics first? Yeah, I really kind of sing the song, get like a, a form going for the song, and then sing the lyrics as I write them. In the old days, when songwriters, professional songwriters, Carol King, Neil Sadaka, they worked at the Grill Building. They're professional songwriters. Mm-hmm. I'm not a professional songwriter. I'm a wild man. I make stuff up. I... <laughs> I don't really have any, you know... Structure. I create new structures for every song. In the old days, when they had professional songwriters who wrote the songs for the professional right. singers, right. they would never have a word that was in a high register that was not a vowel. Okay, interesting. A, I, O, or U. And you listen to any pop song, you know... My way, that's a vowel. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, isn't that interesting? Yeah. It has to sing right uh-huh. for the singer. So when I sing the lyrics out as I'm writing the song, it's got to feel right to me. I'm not going to go for a word that's in a high register naturally. So you basically write for your voice. Well, yeah, and that's how a song should be written. That's yeah. my point. And that's how professional songwriters write for singers. So now your songs tend to take on lives of their own and, you know, garner new generations of fans. So what is it about your songs and your songwriting that you think really resonates with people throughout generations? Young people are not satisfied with the music that they hear. I think they kind of put up with it and it's around them, but I think that if they're really interested in music, they start going back to songwriters of the 1970s. And I think you're the, absolutely right on that. You know, and they go back to show tunes, they go back to rock and roll in the 50s and so on and so forth, and they find a treasure, you know, of music. And the beautiful thing about the Internet 
is in YouTube. You can actually go and see those people yeah. sing those. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's hot. That's great. Yeah, it's amazing. In case you just tuned in, you're listening to singer-songwriter Don McLean here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, talk about the recording session of American Pie. You know, before the fame, the alkalides, the royalty checks. Don playing in the studio, laying that track and that vocal down. Paint us that picture. Well, I had a producer that didn't want me to play the guitar and didn't particularly like my singing. <laughs> You're kidding. No. And uh, so he came into the project sort of uh, not quite sure, you know, he liked the idea. And I liked a couple of things that I heard him do, and I didn't have a lot of options because I was, you know, just getting started. So we had a rather contentious relationship. Okay. Uh, you know, from contentious, the good that good came out of it, or contentious that it was difficult to perform your best. He was a groove killer. Okay. You know, it doesn't take much to kill a groove uh, yeah. with musicians. A producer. In addition to being a musical genius, should also be a very good handholder and psychologist, and really. Yeah, and be supportive of an artist so that he feels comfortable and he is excited about doing his best work. And this guy was not the guy. Did not give and, it to you. Yeah. No, and I didn't like it. And I'll be quite frank about it. So you know, there would be moments when some good stuff would happen that I would like, but that was not a pleasant experience. Uh, it was like pulling teeth. Okay. And the first thing that we did was a rehearsal of some of the songs before I had written American Pie, and that was at a funky studio owned by a guy named Dick Cutler, and uh, it was cool. There are a lot of like cool studios located around. New York is full of neat stuff, you know, you don't even know what's going to find. Oh, cool. We were some core people, and we were rehearsing some of these songs. And at that point, he did some good things, you know, that uh-huh. I liked. Okay. That would keep me going and say, yeah, that's cool, I like that. Or I feel like I'm making a better record than the one before from a production standpoint and so on. Okay, so you had to make that decision whether you were professionally happy but not personally happy, and you chose yeah. that. Yeah. Right. That's a good observation, and that's correct. Uh-huh. Those are difficult choices to make. I mean, I'm not easy to get along with either. I'm not, I'm not making you think that I'm, you know, a day of the beat. <laughs> <laughs> and you're willing to admit it, too. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I know what I want. Uh-huh. And that's always well, that's a problem. part of being an artist, though. It is. and But, you know, you don't want to be, I don't know. Uh, again, I had uh, thoughts in my head and feelings in my heart that I wanted to get onto vinyl. Uh-huh. And I felt like, you know, I sometimes wasn't satisfied. But I didn't, didn't really blame anybody around me. I kept working with people, you know, trying to get like what I wanted. wanted. I finally did. And, you know, when I heard the American Pie album, I was very proud of it. And I okay. thought that, you know, he had done a good job. And we, in spite of our difficulties, have made a very fine record. Now, do you think that the tension and stress that that caused actually ended up, you know, raising the level of it? Or do you think it turned out well in spite of the tension? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I know I wasn't going to lose. You know, I was going to win. Uh I know I was going to get what I was after, Uh you know, or the other. And I didn't care what happened. Because, you know, we, there was a lot of 
stress because you know once I wrote American Pie, the the players really didn't understand the song. It was very boring, and they were playing it very badly. I got a lot of looks like, what does this guy think he is? You know, we're a New York session musician. You know, it's not our fault. The song stinks. You know, we're great. Song okay, stinks. so how did you handle that? What did you do? Again, I got to give the producer credit. He came up with this uh, gospel piano player, Paul Griffin. And this is how I remember it. Now, I could be wrong, but I remember Paul coming in. And he heard my acoustic guitar, and I was pounding that guitar because I play rhythm guitar for real. Okay. And he started pumping that piano, man, and everybody jumped right in on the groove that he had created. So that changed happened. the whole dynamic right there. Totally. Wow. And so he finished the track, and everybody, you know, was pretty excited. Uh-huh. And he said, man, when I heard that acoustic guitar in my headphones, man, I knew just what to do. So my guitar playing, actually, which he didn't want on the record, was the thing that transmitted to the piano player what it is I wanted. It's such amazing, the chain reaction of things that happen. That's the reason, you know, um, musicians are very, they're very sensitive people, they're sensitive artists. They always wanted to get along with people. Uh-huh. They get along with their colleagues, they get along right. with people. They're very charming, uh-huh. and they're very willing, you know, to do whatever it takes. But if he's a jerk, and he says things that, you know, kill a groove or kill a session vibe, he's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a very fragile thing. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. got to start with good material, and the producer has to be on the same page with the, the artist. I would have liked to have a heavier drum bass feel on a bunch of other things on the American Pie album. Uh, the production tended to be a little wimpy. It's funny because I just did a BBC documentary uh-huh. about making of the album, and we went to the studio, Capitol Records, and I brought up the tape, and they opened up all the tapes, you know, all the tracks, and I was there listening to the playback, and they were isolating drums and this and that, you know, uh-huh. and I just kicked the drums up and the bass up, and the damn thing sounded so much better, you know? <laughs> it was just a matter of a week, you know, and it just so much better. Singer-songwriter Don McLean getting real about his music here on the Mulberry Lane Show. When we come back, more with Don. There's always more to talk about. Keep it right here with your radio sisters. We'll be right back. Did you write the book of love? And do you have faith in God above? If the Bible tells you so. Music, art, and lifestyle. 
back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. The whole episode today, you're hearing from singer-songwriter Don McLean. Let's get back with Don. So now, do you think of yourself, Don, do you think of yourself more as an artist or as a star? Well, I am a rambler. I'm a rambling man. That's what I am. I, I like to see things. And one time, I remember I was with Pete Seeger, and he was such an interesting person. And I said to him, we were talking about something, and I said, well, you know, I'm no expert. And then he looked at me. He had a way of looking at you with kind of like a, a scary. He said, yeah, well, they're not banjo papers. And I thought, you know, he's right. I travel around. I see stuff. They are in an office someplace, you know. So now, do you think that about you makes your lyrics so real and come alive for so many people? The fact that you just experience life. You know, I was a little boy who was sheltered. My mother was very protective of me. Mm -hmm. She didn't want me to, you know, get hurt or anything. And my father was not quite like that. Then my father passed away when I was 15, and, and I was on my own. I really didn't want to leave home. You know, I wasn't comfortable going to college. I didn't like leaving home. Okay. I, you know, I, I'm half Italian. I have cousins that never did leave home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're half Italian. We get that. I went to a job and came home, and their mother cooked to them. You know, and he, uh -huh. my mother didn't cook, so I had to leave home. Uh -huh. But anyway... <laughs> The thing about it is that, you know, the music started to take me out and take me places. Okay. I didn't like traveling and going to strange places. I liked my comfort zone, you know. But I kept pushing myself to do it. What ended up happening, as happens with a lot of performers, is the world to me is just a rich neighborhood. And I enjoy getting on that plane and seeing something new and see the big cities, but I also see what's happened to the small towns. You know, how the big box stores have uh, ruined Main Street and a lot of yeah. these places. Yeah. So you're an That's observer. An you experience yeah. things. Yeah. Of all these places that you've been and the incredible, you know, performances you've done, do you have a favorite or a most meaningful performance throughout your career? You know, when I succeeded at something, and I, I must say I think I succeeded most of the time, it's just another success. But I remember the failures okay. very well. Interesting. So those made more of an impression on you. Yeah, those really made an impression. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess when you have enough success, the failure would stand out. Whereas most people, yeah. they failed so much, the success stands out. <laughs> Share a story with us then. Let me tell you. I remember it very vividly and very painfully. So the first time I played Carnegie Hall was not a success. Okay. So that's one of the things that stands out. What happened? I just didn't communicate with the audience. I was nervous and... Uh, it was an off night. I just was tight and the audience was packed, you know. So what do you say to yourself after that? Do you just chalk it up to I was off or do you get mad at yourself? What do you do? It's very, very painful. Extremely painful. It lingers for a long time. It's like everything else. You're only licked when you quit. Okay. So you get up, and you know, the next year I nailed the audience. I played it again, and I killed it. Okay, so now that next year, did you build it up so, in your head, and were the stakes really high, and was that a difficult performance for you, or how did you handle that? Well, I figured I'd already 
The only way was up, right? And did a good show, and they loved it. So that was that. So you redeemed yourself. Yeah, and but the thing is, like I said, if if you quit, then you'd be. You mustn't quit. You know, I always had one goal in mind, which was to be as good an artist as I could be, to learn to do all kinds of new things, and songwriting became a new thing later on. I didn't think I could write songs, but I learned to sing better, learned to perform better, become more relaxed on stage, you know, take care of your physical appearance as much as possible. I mean, without becoming, you know, some sort of a plastic surgery freak, you know. And dress well, dress well for the audience. You know, I saw a video of Simon and Garfunkel, and they had the Everly Brothers as the guests on the show. Uh-huh. The Everly Brothers came out, and they had their suits, you know, and their jackets on, and they were, you know, professional. And then Simon and Garfunkel had, you know, like, T-shirts. And I don't dig that, you know. Uh-huh. I think you should. And the audience loved it. They loved them and stuff. That's the whole way things are now, but... I just think, you know, you ought to make some effort to present yourself to the audience in a respectful way. Uh And you've always done that. I'm old-fashioned, yeah. Old school. If you just joined us, you're listening to singer-songwriter Don McLean here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, your song, And I Love You So, was covered by Elvis Presley, and the Perry Como version of that song got a Grammy nomination, but it was beat out by the song Killing Me Softly with his song, which was inspired by you. So did you count that as a loss or a victory? I would say the whole thing was phenomenal because uh, Harry Como was my my mother's favorite singer. And uh, of course, having a song that's as nice as that song, Killing Me Softly, (laughs) connects me. You know, that I'm the young boy in the song, I mean, and I am, according to Lori Lieberman, that that's a tremendous thing. I mean, uh-huh. a beautiful thing. You know, that will last longer than any award. Now, when you have such a large footprint and a larger-than-life persona, were there ever days when you didn't want to be Don McLean? You know, I'm used to the ups and downs of life. I've had disappointments, and I've had uh, some small amount of tragedy, not really much. I can still jump around and get happy, and I get around, you know, and I uh-huh. see things. Uh-huh. I go around the corner and I see a young lady with no legs, you know, in her little wheelchairs, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I see some vet who had been blown to hell by some bomb, you know, I see that, or I see some little child being wheeled around by a concerned mother who's all messed up, you know, and won't ever be normal. I see so much stuff. And so I go back and think, hey, Donnie boy, you know, you got money in the bank, you're healthy, you know, you, you got all kinds of work to do, you know, thank God for that. That's a, now, did that outlook come from your upbringing? Well, my parents were not egotistical. They were uh, low-key people. My father was a guy who, if you had too much money, he didn't think it was classy. That's how people were in the 50s, you know. If you did well, maybe you do a little better than the other guy or whatever, and you're living in a nice neighborhood and everything. But if you were really rich, you were gauche, you know. Yeah. That's become the norm now, you know. People aspire to be... Uh, Gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Got to take a quick break. We'll be back to wrap things up with American classic singer-songwriter Don McLean right after this. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane and Show. I love you so The people ask me how How I've lived till now I tell them I don't know I guess they understand How lonely life has been But life began again The day you took my hand And yes, I know How lonely life can be Won't set me free But I don't let The evening Get me down Now that you're around me Your weekend getaway Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Glad you're here with us on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Final segment with American classic singer-songwriter Don McLean. Of course, his song, American Pie, has been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Let's get back with Don before the wrap-up. So now you're coming out with the new album, Botanical Gardens. When will that be out? sometime this year I'm waiting on the contract but I've sent them all the label copy and all the rest and we'll see if I have any other drama with record companies now we have a lot of singers and songwriters and musicians that listen to this show so if you were to leave them with advice what would your advice be to the aspiring artist there's two things that I would say the first thing would be to know as much about you know good music as you can know all your all your music from the the 70s after the mid 80s you can quit listening <laughs> uh, going backwards let's say even to the 1920s and learn as much as you can about all the different artists and the things they sang and it's all there on youtube so that should be something uh-huh. bob dylan has a radio show and that guy knows so much about music you know uh-huh. and so he knows when he's doing something that's really new because he knows so much of what is out there already. Right. So that's very important. And you must fill your mind with good melodies and interesting song ideas, first of all. And then get yourself a good transactional lawyer. (laughs) You know, who can tell you, you're going to have to sign something at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who can tell you in simple language you know, what it is you're signing, what you're getting and what you're giving away, you know, because the music business is a very tough business for people who are not savvy about contracts, because the idea of the music business is that the artist should pay for everything and the record company should own it, everything. It's it's a thing where you want to know what it is you're getting into. And don't be afraid to ask for changes. They can always say no. Right. Okay, those are great pieces of advice. And before we let you go, the song American Pie turned 45 years old. 
So singing that song night after night after night, do you still get new meaning from it? What I enjoy is, like, for example, And I Love You So, the audience loves that song. They love crying. They love Crossroads. And, of course, they love American Pie. And then they love many other songs that I sing. Um, but those are sort of little high points that come and go on the show. And if you're an artist that needs to always enjoy everything that you're doing, otherwise you don't want to do it for the audience, then you're not a performer. You should stay home. You should be tired. Mm -hmm. Because your job is to put all that aside and go out there and never do a performance that isn't the best possible performance you're capable of that night. And I always think about Joe DiMaggio, who was old and he was playing baseball and he was still sliding hard into third and running hard to first and digging out there in the outfield and catching those balls. And they said, why do you work so hard? He said, because somebody might be here that never saw me before. If I go on that stage, I want to do a hell of a good show. I want to do the best show I can do. You know, it's so refreshing hearing this from an icon like you, that you appreciate all of the success and you're still going out there and giving it your all. That's the only way to fly, you know? All right? There's only two ways you can go. You're either moving up or you're heading down. Can you never stay in the center? You always got to be working at heading up. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be heading down. Well, this has been a truly inspirational interview, and Don, just want to thank you for your time, and when your next album is out, we would love to have you back. Well, I really enjoy talking to you, and remember I was born right on Mulberry Lane. That's so. right, so there is a connection, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and Don, we'll look forward to talking with you again. Well, thank you, my dear. I'll talk to you someday. Thank All right. You know, it doesn't get said any better than that. Don McLean on the Mulberry Lane Show. I met a girl who sang the blues And I asked her for some happy news But she just smiled and turned away I went down to the sacred store Where I'd heard the music years before But the man there said the music wouldn't play The streets the children screamed the lovers cried and the poets dreamed but not a word was spoken the church bells all were broken and the three men I admire most the Father Son and the Holy Ghost they caught the last train for the coast the day the music died and they were singing bye bye Miss American Pie drove my Chevy to the levee but the levee was dry and them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye singing this'll be the day that I die this'll be the day that I well, that seems to be a perfect place to leave this episode of the Mulberry Lane Show featuring singer-songwriter and American music icon Don McLean. 
And Don, thanks for stopping by and sharing your stories, your musical insight, and your savvy advice. Mm-hmm. Okay, sisters, that about wraps it up. Okay, so you guys be there next weekend. We'll meet you right here, same time, same place. Your spot is reserved right here next weekend. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. We'll see you next week. Tonight the rain is falling Full of memories Of people and places And while the past is calling In my fantasy